Chapter 1 The Incarnation and the Body of Christ A story that is familiar to many of us tells of a young girl who woke up one night frightened and disoriented, convinced that there were spooks and monsters around her in the darkness of her room. She ran to her parents' bedroom for safety. Her mother brought her back to her own room, put on a light to show her that there was nothing there, and gently tried to reassure her that she was safe. Then, just before leaving, the mother said to her, You don't need to be afraid. You aren't alone. God is here in the room with you. The child replied, I know that God is here with me, but I need someone here who has some skin. We are all like that little girl. As human beings, we are sensual creatures, in the true meaning of that term. We are creatures of the senses, touch, sight, hearing, smell, and taste. Everything that enters us goes through one of those five senses, and everything that comes out of us, all communication and expression, comes out through one of those same senses. We are not angels, pure spirits without bodies. We are incarnate spirits, souls that have a body, and so we need things that we can touch, see, hear, taste, and smell. That is true, too, sometimes especially so, in terms of our relationship to God. A God who is everywhere is, for us at a certain point, nowhere. We are human. We need a God who has some skin, who can be located, who can somehow be physically touched. And God, who knows human nature since he created it, respects that need in us and meets us on our own terms. Thus, the central tenet within Christianity, the very thing that defines it, is the belief that, in Christ, God took on concrete flesh and became tangible, physical, someone who can touch and be touched. Indeed, the very word Christ ultimately means divine reality inside of human flesh. When John wrote his gospel, he did not include a Christmas story. In place of the birth of Jesus, he simply wrote, The Word was made flesh, and it lives among us. That single statement defines Christianity. Christianity isn't first and foremost a religion or set of beliefs. Rather, parallel to the unfolding of the universe itself, it is an ongoing story, the story of God taking on physical flesh in this world, a story that began with the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem and that continues down to this very day. God is still taking on concrete flesh. How? The mystery of God taking on concrete flesh, which Christians call the Incarnation, isn't a simple 33-year incursion of God into human history in the person of Jesus. It's more. God took on flesh in Jesus, but the Incarnation didn't end when Jesus ascended back to the Father after His resurrection. The Incarnation is still going on. God is still taking on concrete flesh in this world. Where? In the Christian scriptures, the term the body of Christ is used to refer equally to three things. The historical body of Jesus, the body of believers, and the Eucharist. Each of these is referred to as the body of Christ. Each is 
the body of Christ. For instance, when St. Paul refers to either the community of believers or the Eucharist, he never intimates that they are like Jesus, that they replace Jesus, that they are symbolic representations of Jesus, or even that they are a mystical presence of Jesus. Each is equally called the body of Christ. Each is that place in our world where God takes on concrete flesh. God still has skin in this world, and in the Eucharist, and in the community of believers. The Incarnation is still going on. The Word is still becoming flesh and living among us. That is the first and the key thing that must be said about the Eucharist. Along with the community of believers, the Eucharist is God's physical presence, God's real presence.